0: Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. Tonight, we deal with Ball Metal Pack, owned by Platinum Equity. You say, what does that have to do with advocacy? It has a lot to do with it. Tonique Wright suffered a major stroke at the hand and the inducement of Ball Metal Pack, the treatment. The racism, the cruelty is, a, is over the top. Tonight you're going to hear from her, tell her story, and this is going here at least for the next couple of weeks as we deal with injustice at Meadow Pack and an African American executive targeted with misconduct. Folks, hang on to your seats. Agency Radio takes off right now.
1: Uh,
2: There you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along
0: with Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, Samson Riddle, William Williams, Clinton Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and our very special guest tonight, Tanique Wright, to tell her story when basically knocking on death's door, uh, a major stroke that could have easily ended her life, and the conduct following this stroke continued to be out of control. And we're going to deal with all of that tonight. And really, the call Ball Metal Pack, again owned by Platinum Equity. Uh, I'll tell you what, corruption goes a lot of levels, and this is this is what you call cruelty, inhumane treatment. Uh, and after having knowledge that Tanic Wright suffered a stroke, they decided to put the hammer down even harder, uh, taking her, uh, uh, releasing her from her job. Uh, knowing and giving promises uh, that she was a future with this company, that there was things and goals they were looking towards and could have easily induced another stroke. As you know, any stroke victim is subject to another stroke as a result uh, of having a stroke. And the stress and the things that was going on at Meadow Pack is incomprehensible. We're going to deal with that tonight. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on this one. This is a big one. Uh, And we're going to get into it.
3: Well, when you look at it, you've got a situation that you have a company that thinks that they can treat their employees any way they want, and you see this more and more in the industries of today that their employees mean nothing to them, whether it's health, whether it's benefits, whether it's what they're doing for the company. Employees mean nothing, and it's, it's it's
0: it's just unacceptable that. You wonder, where's the line drawn in corporate America? Nick Wright is an educated young lady, uh, went to college, got her degree, sometimes working two, three jobs at a time as she pushed her way to attain the American dream, which she is entitled to do. Then you get, I mean, years of experience in corporate America in the human resources department, Working to help others, to make a workplace environment one that was a good one, uh, cared about those people. In every job uh, uh, Ms. Wright has worked in, she has been exceptional in that goal. Uh, and that's why you go to college, that's why you put the time in, that's why you do these things. And to be rewarded by a billion dollar corporation, when we thought racism, we at least we would like to believe that maybe racism is getting better. Uh, and we're losing that type of attitude. And we see a company that feels that they are untouchable, that takes the position we can treat this African-American executive the way that they treated Miss Wright. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to deal with all of that tonight. Feel free, ladies and gentlemen, to dial in the 646-200-0628, 646-200-0628. Ladies and gentlemen, don't take it from me. The other side of the break. Nick Wright speaks from a place, and I call it a dark one. We're gonna deal with it on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio. Hang on.
4: Over a million people
5: are sitting in the prisons of America
4: for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us. In the fight to end mass incarceration, we spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people. Alternatives to
6: prison, like community service, drug treatment,
4: and rehabilitation, costs less and can turn lives around. It's time to fear justice. It's time for smart justice
0: we need your help for a kid whose mom or dad is in prison life is tough now add a wrongful conviction to that life just got a little bit tougher against wrongful convictions call or just calls today one 529 4252 we seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe not because dad or mom did anything wrong because justice could not be found join us for the children for they truly are our future this
7: is julie how may i help you my husband and i just got in a fight and he hit me
8: with one call you don't have to be a victim anymore these fights are getting worse i don't know what to do
9: with one call you can end the cycle of violence
8: The thing we want to
9: do is to ensure your safety. With one call, you can change everything. To speak to a domestic abuse victim advocate, contact your local family advocacy program.
10: I wanted to be in the military since I was a a kid. I served in the United States Air Force.
8: I served a total of 16 years.
10: I was deployed uh, 13 times. On my second deployment, four bombs hit my vehicle. And at 19 years old, that's the first time I ever saw somebody die.
8: Coming back, I was raging.
10: I started having pretty horrible nightmares. I would wake up in the middle of the night, sweats. I started drinking a lot. I felt worthless.
11: I guess I never recognized it in myself.
10: Eventually, one day, I just walked into the VA hospital and said I'd like to see somebody. Don't suffer alone. You got to find that link with somebody. It'll make you let it go. It all starts with going to the VA. There's a whole community of veterans that just want to help you out.
12: It's for the guys who couldn't come back, so you owe it to them to live well because they're not here with their families. Because
7: I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock
8: on a school night. Because I'm
10: 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents.
13: Because I'm 16,
7: I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent.
14: At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone.
7: Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket.
14: I can't vote. I can't drink.
7: I can't smoke.
14: I can't join the military.
13: Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime
7: criminal record. If
13: I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16... My mother had to sign this
7: consent form so that I could participate in this video.
10: But I can go to an adult prison.
14: But I can go to Rikers Island. But I can be sent to Attica. My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that.
10: Last week, my father sent me to my room.
14: Next week, a judge can sentence me to an adult prison. We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York.
7: can't sit here. Don't add her to the chain. It was just a joke. We're not friends. Why are you talking to me? You started it's it. so
1: gross.
8: Lame. Weirdo. I've said and done things before that
15: I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others.
11: The thing is, this, this is not who
7: I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be.
11: I
15: don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip.
7: I don't want to be a body shaver. I don't want to exclude anyone.
11: I don't want to make anyone feel lonely.
7: Left out. Hurt. <laughs> to be
11: more. We can create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop. Take a moment and
10: consider others before we speak.
11: And before we act, be more. Be more. Be more.
8: You're broken down, and dying so living life on the merry go.
1: round
7: You can't find us.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, to all of our listening audience tonight, AJC Radio deals with a very, very horrible situation as we bring to the light the corruption,
2: the inhumane treatment where we
0: talk all the time that black lives matter situation with Ball Meadow Pack, Platinum Equity, Nick Wright's life did not matter. It is the most tragic thing that I have seen that the treatment of a stellar employee, as Nick Wright was, in corporate America, working hard, going to college, obtaining her degree, To be between life and death and to be treated this way is inhumane. This young lady, after suffering this stroke, after working a full day's work when the stroke hit her at 11.03 p.m. that evening, all metal pack pounced and they continued behavior that had been going on for quite some time since the arrival of miss Wright. we're going to break it down for you tonight and i'd like you to introduce i'd like to introduce you now to tanik Wright, who this show is dedicated to and the shows in the upcoming weeks will be and tanik thanks for joining us tonight on this show
11: thank you for having me
0: you've been through a lot A lot. Um, Let me give you the opportunity to tell your story. First of all, what I'd like to do is to show the conduct of this company, Ball Metal Pack, Janice Rodriguez, known as Jan, uh, Colleen Callies. These are inhumane people. These are not human beings. These are animals to do what they did. We show more concern for animals than what we show for, for you. And we know your work ethic It's clear. Hard worker, a motivator, uh, a professional in every sense of the word. How did it make you feel? um I'm going to go here first. Then we're going to build the foundation for what they had been doing. But okay. you suffer this stroke, you don't know whether you're going to live or die. You're in this hospital, you can't speak. When the stroke hit, mm-hmm. uh, the last thing that you thought would be an issue was your job. When these things begin to happen after the stroke, how does that make you feel? I
11: don't think I have words. It made me feel broken. Um, One thing I want to clarify, because people will hear Rodriguez, that is in last name only, and those are her exact words, because we end up having a meeting where they were talking about race and different things and what you don't know about people, and she said her husband was Hispanic. She made sure to let us know she was not, that he was. So when you hear her last name, she is Caucasian.
0: So she has no sympathy for the minority because Mm -hmm. of where she comes from, but primarily uh, this was by marriage is what you're saying? Correct.
11: But I think when, at the time, I didn't know what was happening to me. And the thing is, at that time, you want to pull on family. Well, I was admitted, I had my stroke on March 18th of 2020. It was the beginning of the heart of heart of uh, COVID. So when I was admitted into the hospital, I can't write, I can't talk, and nobody could come with me. So you feel alone, you know, in a dark place because you can't communicate and nobody can communicate for you. Because of COVID, no one was allowed to, to come in. And I remember my mom trying to, I get on my phone and I'm trying to, my whole uh, right side was numb because the stroke happened on the left side. So I'm trying to get the phone out and put in the code so I can have the nurse try to, you know, call my mom because I couldn't, couldn't, you know, get, get there to do it. I was able to do it. And then I was, you know, trying to communicate with my hands, you know, and I was trying like I want my mom here. And she was like, I'm sorry. So they're asking you all these questions. You don't know what happened to you. You don't know why you can't move half of your body. And you don't know why you can't communicate. I remember when he, uh, the neurologist was on a TV screen and he was talking to me and I opened up my mouth and nothing would come out. I kept saying, oh. and then when I speech, it talked like a, it reminds you of a baby. Like it was just gibberish. So he said, give her a pen. And I got a pen and I was like, I can't write. I can't write. So I couldn't tell him or answer any of his questions because I wasn't able to communicate.
0: And did you think you were going to die?
11: It was grim. Very grim, very dark. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if I was going to live or die.
0: And this was, you commuted to your job every day, faithfully. How many hours?
11: Um, because of traffic, it was uh, two hours. I lived in the city of Monument at the time, and I worked in the city of Broomfield. And um, we're in Colorado. The, if anybody is from here, they know that at that time, I-25 is doing a major construction. And so there was an accident, I would say, 95% of the time, which would cause that. And then it's work hours, so two hours. But there were times on bad days where accident happened where I would leave work at 4, and I didn't pull into my driveway until 8 p.m.
0: But you were faithful to being committed to that job and to your responsibility.
11: Correct. I knew when I was hired, my former boss told me this was a job that would be in the office. However, I told him during my interview, and after he hired me, you know, I live in Monuments. Snow is bad. You know, uh, dental appointments, he said, yes, as long as it's not a, you know, a, we're not a company where you work at home every, every somebody works at home a uh, uh, couple of days every time of the week. You uh, work from home when weather permits. You had dental appointments, things like that. So, so yeah, I was okay. comfortable knowing that if something happened, um, that I didn't have to make that commute.
0: So this was your former boss, you said?
11: Yes. Um, a guy named Doug Hedges hired me. I started on April uh, 1st of 2019, and he hired me, and I want to say 30 days, uh, and that's roughly an estimate, after he was hired me, he was terminated. And my boss became uh, Jan Rodriguez, who was at the time was over-legal. And they gave her HR, so she became the VP of HR and um, the head of legal.
0: So, with, without question, you were an executive in that position. Is that correct? Uh, my correct?
11: T- my title was director of talent management. Okay.
0: So that's management. You're in management. Right. Okay. Um. So you felt comfortable in having this conversation with your boss?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh.
0: They look. He said, "Inclement weather not a
1: mm-hmm. problem."
0: But you found out shortly after, um, that you would be targeted, and they had an issue. I believe we had a snowstorm here.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: was a very bad one. Um, you said you had a foot of snow in your driveway. Correct. And they wanted you to press on and come to work, though others were allowed to stay home. Is This is where the targeting, uh, the racism, the separation, all those things started to happen, or was it before that?
11: So... It was uh, during that time. It was slowly going. So if we can go back yep. to the beginning, the first thing was when I was hired, I was told that because um, I I'd asked for more money uh, based on where I had been in my career, my years of experience. And I was told I was kind of already at the top and that, um, that you know, you, what you don't want to do in a company is create internal equity, which means you have a huge range you know, of what they make. So, okay, that's fair. I'm not going to say that I should be paid more than others. These are my coworkers. And then I come into the company and I find out uh, out of 20 plus directors, I'm the only African-American. I'm the only African-American female and I'm the lowest paid and not by a couple of dollars. Um, some was as wide as uh, if I can say numbers, $60,000 over what I was making. And, and um, within.
16: Hey, quick question. And being an HR you priv- would you would know that
11: information. Right, because I'm privileged to salary.
16: Exactly. Okay, so
0: to me, the beginning of accrual. Of
11: yeah, because the problem is if I had been through something similar previously where I had a company who.
0: You had a company that kind of treated you. Yeah,
11: that didn't, that didn't, weren't fair. So well, it's like, here we go again.
0: Well, here's the problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, what you have here. But this this is what people don't understand with stress. I'm the only African-American person in this office. You do something to me, my only African-American. Director. Director. There was
11: another African-American male that was a corporate employee. So out of 120 some odd in, uh, employees, there was one director that was African-American, and then there was a male who was in the accounting department. So two out of. So was he amended? No, he was not.
0: So in management, you're the only African-American in management.
11: In corporate. In corporate.
0: That puts you in a position. Automatically at this point, I begin to feel I'm less. Correct. I'm not important. And what you better understand, ladies and gentlemen, stress is something that happens to a lot of people every single day. Put yourself in the shoes of this young lady, Miss Wright
4: who works so hard and then to be
0: brought to your attention that I'm making less, but I am the only corporate executive making less than my other counterparts. That's number one where stress starts. So then I would ask this, Ms. Wright, then with you going to work every day, did it get to a point where You felt like I didn't want to go because I was treated the way you were?
11: Of course, because you're like, uh, why do I give so much and I'm working so hard? And then my uh, counterparts make more money. And we're talking balance, experience, education, we're similar. Why is there such a big gap? So you feel... Like, you're not motivated, but because of the way I was raised, you still go to work, and you're still going to do, do what you need to do. So I didn't drop off or be slackful or not do my job. I still did my job.
0: But going to work under duress, that's the big picture here.
11: Yeah, I would call my mom and be in the car upset, and I don't understand why they're not paying. And the thing is, it's not like I just kept it to myself. I remember going to my boss my new boss saying, um, cause she said, Oh, I wasn't aware. Cause at the time we were hiring as somebody else in her department and she was saying, Oh, everybody's around the same level. I said, no, they're not. Uh, you guys <laughs> make, and I sat down every salary and gave her where everybody was and say, I'm the lowest paid. I'll have all of them. Oh, okay. I'll look into that. And of course what turned out to be, I'll look into never, never, never resulted in anything.
0: So she tells you, gives you a false promise is a false hope. You're sitting in your car crying on the way to work leaving, sitting in traffic sometimes for four hours. Correct. That should make sense to a lot of people. That should make sense. Why that would be, that alone, and we haven't even, we haven't even opened the book yet of what this company did to Miss Wright. And to say, why can't I get the pay but your income, you got your own boss who's a, who's a female, Correct. Correct. You think, hey, I want to fight for you. I want to pull for you. Let's do this together. But they're not African-American. No. Nor do they understand the plight in which you fight on a day-to-day basis. Demetrius.
17: I appreciate you being here today with us, uh, Tanique. It saddens me that you have to go through this, but when you were talking about the different uh, differences between your white counterparts is uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term black tax. It sounds like you were working twice as hard, sometimes three times as hard just to be put on that the level of your white counterparts. And on top of that, as Mon alluded to, you weren't even paid for your extra work. And that's what I, I I'm deep. My heart goes out to you because I've, I've been there in your shoes and it, it is so, what, what did you, what were the things that you? You said you reached out to your mom. What are the things that you felt at this time during when you saw your white counterparts getting uh, unfair advantage versus you?
11: Saying it's not fair. I remember telling my mom, I don't understand why people don't just don't look at you and say, not look at you, but look at what you bring and pay you accordingly. Companies constantly want to have this thing. We uh, diversity inclusion. Right. We love you know. Uh, Minorities. We treat everybody fair, but at the end of the day, you're racist if you treat people differently based on their race. Now, you could say all day long if they do not want to say that. It's like, oh, don't call me a racist, but you are if you have – because that's only one thing. There's other reasons or things we're going to talk about today that they did to me. So you are racist when you pay me lower than everybody else, and I found out after the fact that all the directors were in a certain grade, and I don't know the grade. And when, let's say, grade 20, they hired me in grade 19. So then they could sit, tell themselves, well, she's paid decent because she's in that grade. So ask yourself, why did you hire me in a lower grade, which was a manager grade, and give me a director title? Tell me I'm director, and these are all my counterparts, to justify paying me less.
16: So can I ask a question? Is, is there some uh, – because I don't understand some of this about HR – but was there a reason why they were trying to fill this position with a black person to say they had a director there? Do you think that was possibly one of the motivations? Because it doesn't make sense that they, one, your commute and wear and tear in your car justifies a raise. The position they have you in, if they say you're a director, will pay me, comp- you know, compensate me for that title. So to me, it just kind of looks like were they trying to check a box? And was forced to, hey, we have to have a minority somewhere, uh, let's, let's hire a manager and, and think she's stupid and just stick a title on her and think she's going to accept that. I it,
11: mean, it could be, right? I don't know what's in their mind, but that does happen in corporate America where people again say, if I hire you know, a minority in a management position, I can tell everybody I'm not racist, then I'm fair. You know, so uh, so is that, and people who can't hear me, I'm using quotations with my fingers. So is that, does that happen in corporate America? Absolutely.
0: So question then. Tell us a little bit, if you can. The stroke happens. Take our audience to the point where you made a phone call to your employer. Uh, now, my understanding is that the future of the corporation, different, you know, you have a plan for the third quarter, first quarter, second quarter, whatever, right? You were included in conversation that going forward, uh, there were some things that they were expecting of you to do this. There was no indication of uh, in any way that, uh, well, Nick's here, but she's not going to be here long. None of that was on the table. No, and they actually told you because you were tra- is this you were traveling at one point for this company pretty consistently. Correct. Right?
11: Yeah, I created so they didn't have what's called the performance uh, uh, review plan, which is basically what a job does to review how you've done, but not only did I create the process, but I created like something called a quarterly check-in. So your manager checks in with you every quarter so that they, you know, as an employee, when you get your annual review, where am I at? You're not surprised. Like, Oh, my manager rated me a two, but I thought it was a four. So not only did I create the process I created, I worked with it and we created the actual application in SharePoint. I made 400, I think it was like 400 and some odd changes because of things you're going through testing. I tested the tool by myself. I created all of the training, and then I went on the road to train. So I traveled around to plants, and there were some times where I would literally step off a plane Friday, and I would get back on a plane Monday.
0: A lot Um, of work. A lot of work put in. Correct. Um, And with that, um, so you you were optimistic that this is a company uh, that, at least in Word, was going to commit to you and your future until you ran into the fact. When you started running into the fact that, look, I'm making a lot less money than my counters. I'm doing this. I'm being targeted to drive as a as a young woman alone on the highway in a major snowstorm. Uh, you're being asked to come to work. Your counters are being sold. They can stay home. Uh, you begin to start feeling like you're in this box. Mm-hmm. Uh explain a little bit that to us and then take us to where when you were told your boss that you had a stroke? The mm-hmm. coldness, the cruelty that was there, take us down that road. Go
11: ahead. So as far as the work at home, um, after I'd had that discussion with Doug, when they traded, you know, told me that Jan was going to be my new manager, I actually went to her and said, hey, I had this conversation with Doug and I want to make you aware. Oh, yeah, there's no problem. Uh, we actually have a policy. Um, that talks about working from home, and the policy basically states that it's a manager's discretion to let a person work from home for weather, um, and that's something that Jan actually sent uh, out. Well, um, there was some bad weather on Wednesday, October the 30th of 2019, and I, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, 1029 of 2019, and she sent me an email saying, "Thanks for letting me know that you worked from home yesterday." Uh, we can discuss this further, but I wanted you to be aware I have received feedbacks and comments regarding your absence from the office. Although I do I do want to allow my direct report flexibility to work from home, it will be important for us to be j- – j- um, j- I'm sorry. I uh, can't um, – All
0: right. Let's go to the, the – um, That
11: says – and it basically says that you have to be fair to others and that basically, long story short, that there were other individuals – who were um, basically complaining, and I said, "Well, who's complaining? Because show me a phone call or email that I didn't answer when when they reached out. Because they chose not to call me, chose not to email me, and they showed up at my desk. Tanique's not here; she's not available. That's that's a lie because you didn't call me and you didn't send me an email. So that's where the problem started. Where she's basically, we have to talk when you get into the office. And I have a picture that shows how much snow it was well, over a foot.
1: Sitting here um, looking at it." Uh-huh.
11: At my house, and that's not the first instance. There were other times where the weather was bad, um, and I remember uh, my mom worked at Shriver, and she she lived uh, we lived together. We both lived in Monument, and she her job would uh, say work at home, and she would say Tanique, I'm watching the news. The highway's bad, and I said, Mom, you know how my exact words, Mom, you know how Jan is. I get criticized if I uh, work at home because of the weather. She acts like I'm lying about it. I'm not. So I said I have to go. And there were a couple times where I actually got on I-25 and tried. Um, one time the highway patrol, um, had the the highway closed. Another time I got on there and people were slipping and sliding. I think from my house to Castle Rock, I counted like 10 different accidents and I made a U-turn and came back home. But you start feeling like, um, I have to go above and beyond to do my job where my counterparts are not. I remember, um, a manager of treasury, um, who was, uh, not African-American. He, uh, was hired. And then he was told um, that he was allowed to work from home one day a week. This is regardless of weather. So when my boss called me and had this conversation that, quote unquote, my counterparts were complaining, um, I said, well, how did he get um, one day at home? You know what she says? I don't know. Now you're the VP of HR. I find that very hard to believe that you don't know what's on somebody's offer letter or what was promised to somebody. So again, I'll look into that to me, never looked into it. And he also, when I came to day, to to work that day, um, when it was a snowstorm, and I looked for him, I asked his counterparts. I said, "Where is he at?" I'll use his missiles, Jr. They said, "Oh, he's working from home." So, but nobody complained about him working from home, but it complained about the black, on the only the, black girl working well, from home. What's the problem?
0: You could have been killed on that highway. This, this is what. This is why ball metal pack, Janice Rodriguez, Colleen Kellys, Colleen Kelly. You should be answerable for that. You have this young lady here, you got the state trooper out there on those roads, and anybody that knows Colorado. And the fact that Miss Wright provided pictures to say, look, but how would that make you feel the stress level alone getting in your car, going in a treacherous situation where people die on our highways every single day, and because you want to target this young lady, she's black, her life really doesn't matter. So we're going to say, you have to be in. Why? It's an abuse of power an abuse of discretion. It's wrong. And that many times to go through that, you want to know what what uh, triggers a stroke? This type of behavior triggers a stroke. Because I can't imagine. You get out in your car. You're scared to death because the roads are so icy. But I may lose my job. Why? Because I'm a target of ball, metal, pack. platinum platinum equity. I'm a target. Because my life doesn't matter. That is not acceptable. We have a caller. I'm going to come right back to you today. June, are you on the line with us?
9: I am. I'm here. Thank
0: you for calling. Introduce yourself to our audience, would you?
9: I'm June. I'm Tanique's mother. And I wanted to make a comment about uh, what happened to Tanique. I think it's horrible that ball metal pack would um, fire her at such a time in her life. I mean, they did not care. And they knew she was ill. She was fired uh, uh, hours after she went back to the hospital a second time for some additional treatment. And it was a serious issue. Um, And they didn't care. When they fired her, they left her without insurance. Nobody, they didn't care what she was going to do. There were hospital bills. She had to have physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy. And it's like she's a nothing, a nobody, we don't care. Uh, Like she was saying, even driving up to Denver before the stroke, in that bad weather, I would tell her don't go. And she said, well, I have to go because, you know, they'll... Uh, there'll be issues with the buff. It's just an unreal situation. And I saw her life change prior to the stroke. She was independent. she had energy. She could take care of everything at work and in her home. She could clean up and wash her car and come to my house and help me cook for me. but it changed. I started helping her. Um, with everything she had to do because if she had been alone, she couldn't have, nothing would have been accomplished early on because she couldn't do it. And I see the after effects how like now if she does a few errands and is maybe go out the house for a couple of hours, but when she comes home, she's in the bed the rest of the day. I mean, she's totally... Exhausted um, and even little things like screwing the top, I notice sometimes she'll just put the top on something, but she doesn't screw she screw it all the way on, especially the detergent, because um her dexterity in her hand is limited, and that movement uh, in her hand, and I've seen other issues with the speech and maybe the comprehension if she uh, gets a little bit stressed. Um, I can see those things, and it's horrible that that would happen to somebody at at her age. You, she's not a senior. You know, she's in the prime of her life, and so much has happened. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's been over a year, and just all oh, metal pack is something wrong in that company. And they really need to make a change, and by now, they should know I don't know if they've started doing things, but they need to um or and they need to clear out management and get all new people in there, and hopefully, nobody else will have to go through what Tanique did. I mean they didn't care if she could pay her bills, if she could pay her rent, and it's good that she had somebody. Um, that could step up to the plate, and I've been helping her. Yep. Um, and it's and not an issue with me. You know, I don't right. mind.
0: And, Joan, hold, hold that thought for a moment. Uh, Tanik, you're visibly shaken and emotional. Tell me why.
11: Because she's right. Um, the stroke <clears throat> affected my life. Um, like she said, I was very independent. Um, my mom moved in with me so I could take care of her but now she's taking care of me. Um, like she says, there are times where I wake up in the morning and I'll go do something and I'm tired. There are times where I might go out um, in the sun for hour and a half, two hours. And the next day I'm in the bed the entire day. And I'm not a lazy person. I was never like that, you know? Um, so to have, like she said, your life affected so much. It, it affects, um, A lot, you know, there's a stat that says, you know, many victims who suffer a stroke commit suicide. And you reading that prior to stroke, I don't think I necessarily understood. I understand now because it affects so much of your life. So you feel almost um, the word that I use is broken um, because um, you're not you can't do the things that you used to do and it's been like she said a year and a half and they tell you that the way that you are after 6 months is the way that you're going to be for the rest of your life so
0: well
11: yeah that upsets me when i hear her talk about
0: i'll tell you this ball metal pack is responsible yeah. say what you want to say you can spend it any way you want to spend it platinum, platinum equity You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to the human race. You just happen to hide behind the name of a billion-dollar corporation.
11: And, Mott, can I say something? Uh,
0: What I'd like to do, go ahead, and I'm going to give you time to, to gather yourself. Go ahead.
11: There's one thing in that email that she sent. I wanted to read another part. She said, When it comes to weather that changes during the day and appointments you can schedule for early morning or late afternoon, I need you to consider arriving late or arriving early versus being out the entire day. Um, In extreme situations, I do not want uh, employees to jeopardize their, their safety, but for example, last Thursday could have been a time when you arrived late. The roads were pretty dry here in Denver. And when I got there, she had the nerve to say, well, it was it was sunny here in Broomfield. If anybody knows how Colorado is, we had a winter storm in Monument. I don't care that the roads were dry in Broomfield. So I was supposed to sit and keep going outside looking when the sun was doing it. My neighbor had to come and use a, uh, a snowblower to shovel my driveway. But I'm supposed to be at work because you said it's sunshining hey, in what Broomfield. What was this? This was Jan Rodriguez.
0: So, Ms. Rodriguez, uh, you're a disgrace to the human race. That's right. Despicable. That's true. Despicable. And for Joan Wright, uh, Joan Jenkins, to be on this phone tonight mm-hmm. calling in, uh, sharing about her, you got to be yeah. answerable to that. And to sit back. And say nothing and do nothing after what you put this young lady through. I can promise you a just cause, AJC Radio, we will not rest. The world knows the type of company and culture you have at Ball metal Facts and platinum uh, equity. We are going to address these issues. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I want, I want uh, Miss Wright to have a chance to recover. Tanik Wright is our special guest in studio. June, you can feel free to hold the line. We'll bring you back on. We've got some other callers in queue uh, that are listening uh, to this show and all of our listeners around the world. Um, ball, metal pack, platinum equity, an example of what not to be in obtaining the American dream, the tragedy, and the Tanik Wright story. We'll be right back. This is AJC Radio
10: or if
4: she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault, it's
14: a crime, it's wrong.
4: If I saw it happening and I was taught you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, i speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her,
10: I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem.
16: I want to be a part of the
4: solution. We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect, it's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you, because one is too many.
8: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
10: Please have a seat. I'll be honest. The resume not what I'm used to. I know. Okay, so what would you bring to my company? What do you need? i need a hard worker
8: good i've got two part-time jobs and i help my parents pay the bills any problem solving skills i got through high school without a car a phone or a computer
10: no college degree though
8: not yet but life's taught me a lot and i'm ready for more
10: well you're not the typical kind of candidate that i hire but you are exactly what i'm looking for Your company could be missing out on the candidates it needs most.
6: Learn how to find, cultivate and train a great pool of untapped talent at gradsoflife.org. You can tell a lot about someone by what they spend their money on. Their priorities, their concerns and their motives. Big Pharma says their top priority is research and development. They say the prescription drug costs are so high because they spend so much on research. But the simple truth is 9 out of the 10 biggest pharma companies spend 50% more on advertising than they do on research and development. It's true. Tens of billions more. The more they spend, the clearer it becomes. Big Pharma's priorities are more ads, more sales, and higher costs to you. It's time for Big Pharma to get their priorities straight. Americans deserve open and honest prescription drug pricing. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit CSRXP.org.
8: I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a sister. A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military.
14: I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church.
9: And my child was arrested, held in custody, Questioned without my knowledge.
4: Exposed to violence.
9: Witnessed a rape. Placed in solitary
8: confinement.
14: Unable to call or see me.
8: Shackled to a wall. Beaten. Sentenced as an adult at age
14: 17. Sentenced as an adult at age 16. Sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost.
10: Isolated. Ostracized. And.
14: Misjudged.
10: Terrified.
9: And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support
8: and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life.
14: Now I know I'm not alone. And neither are you.
8: Now we have a voice. Now we We have
2: power. power. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. We can can make
7: a difference. There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.com.
13: There's a lot of mud when it rains here, and it makes it really hard to find food. There are car bumps every day. My mom worries about me when I go out. Every time I hear the alarm bell go off in school, I think it's an air raid. Sometimes I have nightmares about it. A lot of houses in our neighborhood have been destroyed. I like to close my ears and sing songs whenever the bombs come close. My dad says we have to leave, which makes me scared. I'm worried our new neighbors won't like us. What if they don't understand our religion? Because they don't speak the language, it might be hard for them to make friends. But I know it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be worth it. I just want my family to be safe. But these are not my words. These are not my words. These are not my words.
10: I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500
14: company.
8: I can run a successful business.
14: I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize the message. I can motivate your audience.
7: I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom
16: line. I can have value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee.
7: But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talent and ability.
10: If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone.
7: If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works.
10: What can you do? What can you do?
7: What can you do?
10: You can remember that it
7: works. It's what people can do. It's
10: what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio. And tonight we have been dealing with a few things here that, without question, are very troubling. To Nick Wright's tragedy, how she was treated, a ball metal pack, platinum equity, something you see in a movie production. Something you may turn to HBO or on demand and they find a story that perhaps was a box office hit. In this situation, it is real life. It's not a production. It is a tragedy and a horror lived by Tanique Wright and her family and all those around her. I am saddened beyond words but what we have heard thus far tonight. And we're gonna continue this discussion, uh, the tragic story of Tanique Wright, the stroke that almost took her life and has left her, in her words, uh, statistically, could be suffering things for the rest of her life as a result of the stroke in which she suffered. Tanique, thank you for being with us and what you have shared. Um, I know your mother, we're going to bring your mother back in uh, uh, on the line. I wanted to make sure she didn't have anything else she wanted to add to this prior prior to us moving on uh, with this continued discussion. Jonah, are you with us?
9: Yes, and I do have one more thing I wanted to add. What I've noticed about Tanik since the stroke, uh, she can't sleep often, even though she's tired. I can hear her up at night moving around and that's not a good feeling when you're tired and you need to rest, but you can't sleep. And that's uh something that has occurred since that stroke. Um and but I'm glad that I could be here for her to help her in any way that I can. Um I think about those people that don't have health and I was reading about stroke victims and it said um, a percentage of those who are alone after they go home die uh, early. And I can understand when too tired to get up and get them something to eat, too tired to wash their clothes, too tired. to do whatever they need to do, and there's nobody there to help. Um, but I'm thankful that I was there, and uh, thanks for, for taking my call. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you so so much, June. Um, best wishes and prayers are with you and your family on, on this. We appreciate it. Thanks. So we were talking briefly regarding uh, this is something that big corporations believe that they can get away with. In my night field, a former Google employee, uh, and I want to share this technique with you, that companies are doing this all the time because they get away with it. She states here, I hated the way the company treated me like I was sick. In late 2018, Chelsea Glasson, a researcher at Google who had worked there for four years, moved to a new team. She was pregnant at the time and said she immediately felt she was being discriminated against. Her new boss suggested that her forthcoming maternity leave might rock the boat and she was effectively stripped of her management responsibilities. When she filed a complaint with human resources, she was offered 10 free sessions with a mental health counselor who was contracted by Google and available on campus. At the time, she thought, what a great resource, of course, I'm going to take advantage of this. More than a year later, Ms. Glasson filed a pregnancy discrimination lawsuit against Google, her counsel told Ms. Glayson she was really nervous and uncomfortable seeing her after Google had asked for access to records of their sessions. She was concerned that affiliating with, affiliating with me would compromise her contract with Google. She goes further to say, uh, that was an incredible low, deflating moment in my experience, she said, that the counselor suggested ending their sessions as soon as Ms. Glayson had filed a lawsuit. Sounds like client abandonment said Christy Lee, associate professor for Seattle University's counseling program. Ms. Gleason said that already Google has been using those subpoenaed records to suggest that she was distressed for personal reasons, not because of potentially toxic work environment or discrimination. She said she had been asked very intimate questions about her mental health and why she sought treatment in the first place. In interviews with the Times, Six former current Google employees recalled that when they spoke up against workplace misconduct, they too were offered free short term counseling called the Employee Assistant Program or Medical Leave. This pattern was originally reported by NBC News in March, which cited over a dozen current and former employees. And David, I come to you on this. We were talking briefly about abuse of power, abuse of conduct uh, in these workplaces, in this case, Ball Metal Pack, abuse their power ultimately could have easily cost Pinnick
2: Wright her life? Well, uh, well uh, workplace abuse is not new. It's any type of behavior uh, that corporations or their uh, officials or, or employees engage in that can call either physical or emotional harm. Uh, and, and especially when they do this on a, in a more of a repeated type basis, I don't care if, it's, if they're threatening, if they try to humiliate, uh, or or they actually try to sabotage a person's uh, work, so we see a lot of this stuff at play at play here. Uh, Ball Metal Pack, I'm sure, is going to say they're not responsible for what happened to, to Tanique Wright, but the reality is the contemporaneous nature of her stroke and what was going on at the job puts them in the direct line of causation uh, for what happened to her. And there's plenty of people that, that can testify to those facts. I don't care if it's a mother, her brother, uh, friends, they can testify to what she was going through at Ball Metal Pack. Yes. So uh, this type of workplace abuse is not new. Corporations are, uh, can be cold and callous places. Many of them have been responsible for the death of people and knowingly killing people. Whether it be by some of the things they manufacture that causes death, nothing hardly ever happens to them, so they think they can get away with it. Of course, Platinum Equity is a, is a monstrosity of a, a corporation in, in the mergers and acquisitions business. This is a very, extremely rich company, to say the least. Uh, and But the more money you get, it seems like the less you care. Ball Metal Pack doesn't – what What do they care? We're just another corporation. Uh, employees, just, uh, uh, just a tool they use. Uh, like they pull a screwdriver out of the drawer. They could care. They discard and, and get another one. They could care less about human beings, and it's obvious uh, from uh, what's happened to Miss Wright here that they could care less. But this is not uncommon in the corporate world when uh, managers and vice presidents abuse their power and do things that cause – uh, cause uh, emotional and physical harm to people, and in this case, uh, the, the tragic nature of Ms. Wright is that she had a stroke. And but but oh, uh, were, uh, we're not responsible for that. You're responsible for your people and their actions, and there there therefore uh, you need to be held accountable for it
0: and you're going to be held accountable for it. Uh, there's anything we have to, have to say about it. Samson?
16: Yeah, now just listening to stories story, you can tell, tell there's an absolute level of toxicity in the environment that she was in. I mean, from being you know talked about being able to drive in, you know, when there's a foot of snow in the driveway, to just the way that people were speaking to her and treating her, um, to even like the, the salary gap. I mean, th- this is what corporate America is, is becoming, especially... God forbid if you are a person of color, and and then to add on to that, a female, there is the level of disparity that we're hearing here is nothing short of an atrocity. Now, combine that with the fact that the pressure they're putting on on her and then their lack of, like, for, you know, basically the human resources department, their lack of humanity towards an employee that has been nothing but stellar to them. I mean, again, it's it's a travesty that's been carried out, and I do hope and pray that, you know, Platinum Equity, Ball Metal Pack, they all they 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 see their time in court and they they pay the due price for what they've done to Ms. Wright.
0: No, absolutely right, William.
16: I, I totally agree. I mean, when you when you look at this, this is it's incredible to listen to her story. But people need to
4: understand. I mean, especially in this time, we've we've been listening for the past year about diversity and inclusion. You've heard it, you've heard it, in the early days, But you re- really realize that probably for most of these companies, it's, it's a it's a show. It's putting on a show to saying, "Hey, we're going to." Do for you know we're gonna do right, and we're we need to have color and representation and female representation in in, the, in our company. But the way they treat people, and that's it. They don't care about people, and and that's why you know they have, the story has to be told. People need to understand who they're working for. Well, listen to
0: this. listen to this. We're t- we're not talking about normal circumstances that just happen in. We're talking about a COVID charged environment.
2: Well well wha- the- Well weren't they actually joking about her getting COVID? Because she's high risk. After is that
0: what Tadek, is that what is that what was told you that you stand you in a very high risk for COVID. Is
11: that correct? Yeah. That's why I only spent um, two and a half days in the hospital after having a stroke. The doctor said, I would rather send you home. You're safer at home. I would never since discharge somebody after having a stroke home, and, but he said, you're safer at home than you are here in the hospital.
2: And was there a comment by either Miss Miss Callies or Ms. Rodriguez concerning COVID?
11: She, there was a, a, a comp, so the day of the, my stroke happened on March 18th, and the day that I um experienced the stroke, she actually had sent me an email. Um, so this is prior to the stroke, basically asking like how I was. This is a like a horrible time that we're in it. She was gonna send me some uh inspirational pictures and quotes because this was, and was asking me how I was doing. and then that was at nine in the morning, and then ironically I had end up having a stroke that night. So to me, that was like being funny in my face because you already know you're getting ready to fire me because quote unquote you said my job's eliminated. But in the same breath, you're talking about how are you doing and you know this is a horrible time. Well, to me, don't fake it. You know if that, you know you're gonna get rid of me, just don't say nothing to well, me. Well, that's sadistic.
2: It is. It's like uh, I'm enjoying knowing I'm setting you up uh, for a fall. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call you or, or communicate with you, pay lip service to act out i concern, concerned, and I'm gonna pull the rug away from under you later on later on that day or the or the next day, knowing good and well that that you just set me up uh to humiliate me and to and to bring me down and and, and the, they were literally engaging in sabotage. Well and they, again
0: this is cruelty. Does anybody get that? This is a act that is intentional. That's, the, that's what's so egregious about it. This is an intentional act of cruelty. You must pay the price for that. You can't put a price tag on life. What you've done to Miss Wright, Ms. Rodriguez, Miss Callies, to all the executives at Platinum Equity Ball Metal Pack, This story will be told, as David alluded to. Major dollars with this organization, this company. There comes a time. This is a bad PR moment for you, Miss uh, Rodriguez. Miss Callie's bad PR time for you, that you treated this African American executive. And her life did not matter. And We're not going to go silent on it. Go ahead, Tanique.
11: And I think one of the status things is you, so you have the stroke. I'm doing, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? MRIs, tests all through the night. And I'm finally able to get, speech would go in and out. I would speak a little bit in that, and i call my mom, but the second person I have to call is my boss because I know the way she treated me with weather, but that I better tell her that I'm having a stroke and I'm in hospital because if I don't say nothing, then she's going to say, you know, there's going to be issue to pay. So that's sad that it wasn't my brother. It was the second person I called. It was my job.
0: And that speaks to the stress. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
11: It just goes to show you that it's sad that I had to call And then what's uh, fake is she tells me, oh, my gosh, Tanique, don't worry about anything. Take care of yourself when you know good and well, quote, unquote, that my job was going to be eliminated the very next week. So, again, stop faking the funk and just be real. Don't act like you you give a stank about me and that you care when at the end of the day you don't because it's just lip service.
0: Oh, it's an act of premeditation. It's it's plain evil what it is. You've preached you already knowing what you're going to do, which is why they're liable. That's why they're liable. You had things in motion that you were completely contradictory to what plans were told to miswrite as the future goes.
11: Well, how does your job be eliminated on March 27th, but I'm scheduled to speak at HR Summit, Summit on April 28th? Why was I invited if my job exactly was eliminated? Right. Exactly it right. makes absolutely no sense, and it's just a way to cover. And not only did they do me so bad at the job prior to the stroke, that led to the stroke, but then after the stroke, you're still discriminating against me. I, um, so everybody knows what FLMA is. That's, um, it's sad, but it was an act that had to be passed because so many companies would fire people when they had a medical issue. So what it does, doesn't pay you, but it protects your job. So that you can have a job after you recover from your medical uh, situation. I was hired on April 1st, 2019, and I filed for FLMA. I was four days short when they fired me on March 27th. But what's sick here is there was a coworker that was a white female who uh, got pregnant, and she was three weeks away from a uh, estimate of three weeks away from her qualifying for FLMA. And I remember at the time, I sat next to the total rewards director, and I said, I hope they give that to her. I'm fighting for her. It's not even my job. It's not part of my thing. But I said, I hope they give it to you. That's messed up. You're going to qualify. You're only three weeks away. You're a model employee, and they give it to her. But she's white. Three weeks away. I'm four days away, and they fire me before I'm technically, legally qualified to to <laughs>
3: apply for it. There you have it when you When you look at this, this is this is a company that's despicable. I mean, what happened to you makes no sense that a company would treat you the way that they did, except straight up racism. When you look at their website, this is what gets me. They say we're setting the example of a workplace which is fair, authentic, inclusive, and diverse. That's a joke. Just the examples that Tanique is giving us today shows that that's not true, but then I found two other employees that work for Ball Metal Pack, one said diversity is not important to them. They don't treat everyone fairly. Another one said senior leadership is narrowly minded, petty, and hypocritical. Well, Tanique just proved that. They sh- she gave examples where they're perfectly hypocritical. This is just a joke. The most non-inclusive place I've ever worked at, an employee said. How can you get away with that? You turn around and treat somebody so bad that they have so much stress on them, they have a stroke And then, to chop it all off, oh, by the way, you're fired too. That's just horrible. And from what I've heard, Colleen Mm Kelly, Jan
2: Rodriguez, in my view, from everything we've heard, you're a hypocrite. You're a liar. You're deceptive. That's who you are. Uh, And you represent Ball Metal Pack. Uh, So that's the type of company they are. Uh, Hypocritical, lying. Everything is lip service. They just put that out there for a good phrase and a good front that they're inclusive and they're doing all this stuff, but the facts uh, paint a completely different picture. I'm absolutely. Right. We're going to take another caller. Michelle, if you can bring
0: Michelle in, uh, we're going to take her call. She's been listening to the show.
7: Hi, can- Michelle, are you with us? Yes. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Your comment, please. Um. This is
7: just devastating. Um, Tanique is the hardest worker I know. She is honest and fair and helpful. Ball metal pack, this is the cruelest thing I think I've ever heard. It was bad enough to be fired wrongfully, but to do it after they know she had a stroke is so cruel. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around that they could do something like this. Not only do I lose my job and my income, But I have a major medical problem, and now I have no insurance. That is – that's, it's just – it's so cruel. I hope with this program and the outcry that I see on the Internet about this case that the companies that do business with Ball Metal Pack will stand up and say it's wrong. I wouldn't do business with Ball Metal Pack. And I would think anybody with integrity that these businesses, if they have any kind of integrity at all, would say we don't want to do business with companies that mistreat their people like this.
0: Well, it is our position and I just, go ahead.
7: I'm sorry. Just one last thing to to me. I want to say how sorry I am for everything that you have gone through in this situation. It breaks my heart for you. I can't even imagine just hearing the little bit you had a chance to talk tonight. I just, I feel for you and your family. And I just want to say how sorry I am.
11: Thank you.
0: And, uh, it is our hope that it just calls to contact all companies doing business with ball metal pack and platinum equity and send this story to them. Um, Let's see what happens with that one. So go ahead.
11: Um, I wanted to talk about the day that um, I received the call that I was terminated. So like I, um, somebody said, said earlier that I had to return to the hospital for further treatment Uh, My boss had texted me um, and asked, could we have a call between the two of us? And I thought it was, you know, she knew I was going to be out and wanted to you know know because I was working on some critical stuff. So I thought it was checking in on me and what was I working on. And I remember it was six hours after I left the hospital and I was thinking, oh, I'm tired. But I thought, well, let me let me do this call so I can tell her what's going on, because at least she's calling to check on me. And I get on the call and she's so cold. I say, hello, Jan. Hello, Tanique. And I remember thinking, man, she's really cold. And all of a sudden she said, well, we have Colleen here. Well, I've worked there long enough to know. And I remember my heart sunk and I thought, they wouldn't be firing me. I had a stroke last week. And she said, um, yeah, your position. This is my coworker, Colleen. Said, your position has been eliminated. And I remember I started crying. And I said, Colleen, I just had a stroke. You don't even care. You're going to send me into another one. And she said, so what are you saying? You don't think I care, Tanique?" I said, to fire someone? who just got released from the hospital six hours ago and last week they had a stroke. No, you don't care. And instead of her having compassion, she got an attitude with me on the phone. And I remember my mom came in and she was like, what's wrong? She, she was trying to get me to calm down. Cause I was, I was crying so bad. And she's like, you gotta calm down. You can't get upset. You can't get upset. And, um, and then she told me that, you know, well, it's been eliminated and we're going to give you some severance. And I couldn't even think at that moment and she said um well you only have a week to to uh review it well i've been in hr for 20 years i know that anybody over the age of 40 has 21 days legally to review any severance and i said colleen i'm over 40 she said you have one week and I, i couldn't even talk i just At the end of the call, I just said, okay, and I remember hanging up the phone, and I said, so you you suffered and went through all this stuff, and then at the end of the day, they just fire you like you're nothing, and at the time, um, I had, like my mom said, all this physical therapy. I had uh, neurologist appointments. Um, if you have a stroke, there's so much therapy, you go afterwards. And I was like, who's going to pay for it? I have no job. And then she tells me, you don't have any insurance. And I was just like, usually they let you go to the end of the month. They don't cut you off on the 27th. And I just remember... I don't care. I've fired people in my day because that's what I've done. And I'm telling you, I have never, never been cold. Even if a person did it to themselves, I've always had compassion. I would bring sometimes ads from Indeed and I would say, you know, you messed up. I'm sorry. But in this case, I didn't do anything. There's Times on this uh, show that, or during the series, that Mom's going to read all these kudos where people telling me how great I did, my boss, my coworkers. So it wasn't that people are listening, well, maybe she wasn't a model employee. I was a good employee. I had good feedback. There's nothing uh, nothing that they can find to say that I was disciplined or criticized about my actual work performance. So to do that, I just think it's heartless. And what's so stupid about it? If a person goes out on a medical leave, they're not coming at your budget. They're on short-term disability. That's insurance. So you could have waited until I, until I was out of the wings of not being, you know, um, what's the word to, for a stroke? Not being um, uh, so that I wouldn't have another one. You know what I'm saying? Vulnerable. Yeah, you couldn't wait. You had to do it then. I just, it's to well, me the cruelest and heart hardest thing that people can do for a person, you know, how, how could you sit across from me in meetings and know me as a person, go out to lunch with me, and then get on the phone and be cold as ice? I don't care if a person did me wrong. If you know where a person has been, you know. And then I said, I cleaned I she got out of the hospital. I'm
0: going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, AJC Radio. Ball Metal Pack. will be held accountable for this one. For any reason you may have the slightest belief that a just cause organization will go away, I can assure you we will not. It's a disgrace. Got some callers in queue. We're going to get them on the other side of this break. Give Tanique an opportunity to gather her thoughts. Ball Meadow Pack Platinum Equity, the example of cruelty in today's corporate America. But Tanik Wright's story and its tragedy continues after this.
8: Good morning, students, and welcome to Career Day. I hope you're excited
13: to hear about all the great things you can do when you grow up. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad because he's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot. But I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work, driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the biggest hero I know because he took all the ambulance and the fire engines where to go and rescue people when there's an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome. He's my
14: dad. If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your civilian career, Vogue Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call one. 1- 855-529-4252, that is a just cause, and we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call one It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration Seriously.
2: Won't you join us?
6: Call today. Congress
8: shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech
4: or of the press or the right of the people peaceably
8: to assemble and to petition
4: the government
8: for a redress of grievances.
5: When does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny? Why is the word abbreviation so long? Are English muffins just muffins in England? Why is it called a washing line and not a drying line? Do fish get thirsty? If ghosts can walk through doors, why don't they fall through floors? Do you yawn when you sleep? If prunes are dry... How do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're gonna see you naked anyway. Do board chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of hard questions. Ask one more. You might just save a lot.
10: Meeting a teen girl online is actually pretty easy to any chat room and just start talking. Most of the girls are usually so insecure and desperate for attention. Attention
13: from older guys is totally flattering. They're so much more mature and understanding than the guy's mind. Age
10: actually works to my advantage. They like to brag to their friends that they're dating an older guy, so I just play along and pretend I'm really interested.
13: interested in the same things I am. You can talk forever and really get to know someone without worrying about looks or whatever. That's the best thing about chatting. Chatting
10: seems unthreatening to them, so they lower their guard. After a while, I start talking about how we're soulmates and how lucky we are to have found each other. Other
13: people don't understand. I know what I'm doing. If you really care about each other, there's nothing wrong with Meeting, meeting them
10: is the goal. Once I get them out of their house, well, that's when things get really interesting.
7: Online predators know what they're doing. Do you?
14: There are no loose ends in TV procedural dramas. At the end of the hour, the bad guy always gets what's coming to him. Unfortunately, the real world is a lot more complicated. We know from the work of the Innocence Project and other organizations in the Innocence Network that the system doesn't always get it right. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, since 1989, nearly 2,000 people have been exonerated of crimes they didn't commit. What people don't realize is a good number of those people pleaded guilty to crimes even though they were innocent. In fact, in nearly 10% of the nation's DNA exonerations, people pleaded guilty to serious crimes and agreed to serve significant prison time because the system is stacked against them, especially if they are poor and people of color. That's right. The stakes are so high that we have innocent men and women agreeing to serve long prison sentences. A system that puts that much pressure on people to plead guilty is a problem. Visit guiltypleadproblem.org to learn more about the men and women who are pressured into pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit. And join us in demanding that our elected officials do something to protect the innocent people who get caught up in a broken criminal justice system. Thank you.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. As the Just Calls, the AJC Radio have been truly saddened tonight by the tragic story of Tanique Wright. As you roll the pages back of injustice, it would be my belief that the injustice suffered by Tanique Wright is at the top of the list. We are talking about life and death. As Miss Wright, her life was hanging in the balance, and to be treated with the cruelty and coldness apparently a culture allowed by Platinum Equity and Ball Pack as ongoing. The suffering, the mental and physical toil, if you will, that has been taken on Miss Wright and her family, someone must be held accountable. It is our hope that a Just Cause organization will be a tool in making that happen. And Miss Wright, thank you so much uh, for your courage tonight to talk about a a situation that you don't have words to even express the emotion to it for you to come forward and to be able to talk. I would, it would be my belief that you fight this fight because of what you've suffered, but that others may not suffer at the hand of all middle pack and platinum equity. Please speak to that.
11: Yeah. um, I'm grateful that a just cause gave me a voice. Uh, Still my story can be told and it's sad because I saw an article uh, today about a similar situation. So this is happening all over the country, um, that employers uh, act like they want, you know, to treat people fairly when, when at the end of it, they don't. Um, and oh, absolutely right. It was right. about a uh, lawsuit uh, for um, female employees, and one of them she said after she was complaining about her supervisor and she was African American and being um, uh, discriminated against, she'd been turned down for jobs, she'd been uh, reassigned for local parole, and she was like really high on the list before the situation happened. And after it happened, because of the re- retaliation that she received, she had a stroke. So, you know, my story is not just my story, it's happening all over the country where employers are pushing people to to that point and it's gotta stop. People need to know, you know, that they don't have to put up with this. That you can have a voice and you can um fight back.
0: Well give us your thoughts. We haven't heard from you. Uh, it's a real emotional um show. Your thoughts on what they've done in this right.
4: Uh, it's very uh, it's a very emotional show and I'm really feeling it right now because it's it's kinda to me, it doesn't make sense the way they treated her. And then, if you think about the the actual uh, stroke, Ball Ball Metal Pack is truly culpable in making that making her have that stroke. And the reason why I say this is uh, at the beginning of the show, how she talked about uh, you know looking outside, seeing that there's snow on the ground, but debating, man, I better. I, I got to give it a try. The struggle. I, I got to take that chance uh, because I don't want I, I to make the boss mad. So I'm going to take that chance in, in, to, that I might get an accident and kill myself. But I'm going to take that chance anyway because I want them to understand I am a good worker. And the sad thing about this is that that stress, I mean, it's bad enough for work stress itself. But stress prior just, I mean, I haven't even got to work yet. And I'm stressing. So that tells you that, I, I don't care what nobody, nobody says, they are culpable. I mean, that stroke, I guarantee you, all that led up to the way she was treated, the, the racism, the unfair treatment, watching others make more than her, than, than, what, she, than what she makes at the same grade great level, is sad, it's tragic. And I hope, I hope that with this show and everything else that she's doing, that she gets her just due, and that company pays for what they've done. Clint, your thoughts on this one? It's very sad. Uh, today I'm very sorry to hear about your plight and
10: how they've treated you, and it's just, uh, it's just deplorable, but we see it. Uh, black females in corporate America make 63 cents compared to the $1 that white males make in the same position. And the way they treated you as an executive in that company, they're treating you like uh, they shouldn't treat anybody like that, but they definitely didn't treat you with the respect that, it, and that an executive deserves. Uh, it sounds like to me that the attorney that was there didn't have any human resources uh, background and didn't know how to, didn't have any people skills uh, to be able to treat people, and that you were one of the more qualified human resource uh, experience. Executives, and uh, it's just it's just a horrible situation. I'm very very sad uh, to uh, to hear about it, and I'm I'm very sorry for what happened to you. All mm-hmm. right, and tonight you're um, uh,
11: we're in good health. Yeah, right, thank for you for bringing that up, so people that. don't say, oh, well, she probably had high cholesterol, she had uh, high blood what pressure. No, um, even when they when I came in through the uh, the ambulance, the neurologist himself said when they told them that. They ran those tests. And my blood pressure was fine. Um, I was in good health. He said, I honestly thought, well, do I need to look at her MRI? She's young. She has no reason to have a stroke. Did she really have a stroke? And they looked at it, and he's like, oh, my gosh, she had a stroke. So according to on medical paperwork, it says it's undetermined.
0: Which means, which means? There's
11: no reason for why I should have had one. The
0: only thing that prompted this stroke, because Ball Metal Pack would sit up and say, well, her health wasn't good. She was a smoker. She did this. She did that. Well, the doctor said it's undetermined. Why? This is a woman in good health. I don't even believe she had a stroke. But when he saw the evidence, mm-hmm. what prompted this stroke? Because you were in good health, because those things were present, the only logical explanation is what Dennis
11: just alluded to. And I said, I had a mini-stroke? He said, no, you had a stroke.
0: So when the mini-stroke could have took, took your life, And that's an important point to be made, that uh, there's only one alternative. Either I'm in poor health, I have a stroke, or I'm in great health, and something triggered it. Who is that something? Ball, metal pack, and platinum equity. That's what triggered it. Uh, Colleen uh, Callies, I believe. Again, Rodriguez. The treatment of this young lady is over the top. we got another caller in queue, Wayne. Uh, Let's bring him on. And, Wayne, are you with us? I'm on, Lamont. Okay, Wayne. Tell us your relationship to Tanique.
12: Uh, I'm Tanique's brother.
0: All right. Give me your thoughts on this, what you're hearing. How troubling is it?
12: Uh, I'll be honest. Earlier, um, I was was crying. um, When I thought about what they did to my sister and to relive that, Uh, a lot of things that my mom said I'll echo. How Tanique is... uh, You know, very independent, and uh, this took a lot from her. Um, Some of the things that uh, about Tanique uh, personally, professionally, um, when she would tell me about the things that she would do as an HR manager, I would always tell Tanique, I wish that when I went to HR, I had someone like you. Either they were indifferent, or if they thought you were. Um, a troublemaker because you brought up problems. They worked to get rid of you. And Tanique did the opposite. Um, and I think uh, there was a lot of jealousy in her job. Her her VP was uh, a lawyer, um, but a lot of uh, the things that she should have done, she put on Tanique, which added to her stress. So not only the mistreatment, but also uh, she gave Tanique some of her workload and there were many nights Tanique was up late uh, working on reports and things that made Jan look good. And for her to, for her to stab Tanique in the back the way she did, uh, I think it, it, it's horrible. Um, uh, the, the For a company to do someone the way that they did uh, my sister, um, I, I don't think you can even put into words how cruel and evil you have to be to do that to someone. It's one thing to say that uh, I'm going to get rid of you out of jealousy, but to know that you're in the middle of a stroke instead of having enough common decency to say, I'll let you do the FMLA recover and do what you need to do. No, I'm going to add to it. And I don't care if I cause you to have another stroke. And um, I'm, I'm grateful to AJC, for bringing this to the forefront and to expose ball metal pack and their executives for what they've done. And I've, I've also got a problem with the CEO, Jim Peterson of that of that company because that happened on his watch and he wasn't man enough to say, I'm not going to let you do that to someone who is a good employee. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Wayne, thank you for the call.
0: We appreciate your thoughts. Uh, and your comment on the show oh, you're welcome
12: thank, thank thanks again for covering this issue okay, thank you
11: and a comment i wanted to go back to was when um dennis had brought up the remote work there was one thing that i wanted to say in the email that my boss had said that you know she was receiving feedback and comments um i said well who's saying it and she said that uh, you know we would talk in the office but she alluded to basically She, you know, never gave me a name of who he was making the comments. But one of the things she said in the email was that um, others end up feeling questions, fielding questions for me because employees assume you are not available. Uh, So it's my fault that my coworker won't go to their desk and type an email to me. It's my fault that my coworker won't pick up a phone. So they assume I'm not available. And what's stupid about that comment is that this time I. I had just stopped traveling. And I, like I told you earlier on the program, I was traveling and I was gone Monday to Friday. Uh, and then she had the nerve to say, well, just let people know, when, let those who you're working with on a project uh, know that you're working from home. Not a single one of my white employees' counterparts ever sent me an email to say, Tanika, I'm working at home. Colleen would travel all the time and I would go over to her desk. Oh, she's on a plane and never think, oh, my gosh, she didn't send me an email. So, Colleen doesn't have to do it. Um, at the time, Sarah King didn't have to do it. Uh, Sean, who's the HR journalist, didn't have to do it, but the only blackie on uh, the HR team. You must contact all of your, everybody you're working on a project as if I'm a two year old to let them know I'm working at home. Well, what's
0: despicable about that is uh, to the point that uh, your brother made that you were up working the caseload for Jan.
11: There were times where things that yeah, so that like for example on my project and she wanted update on high accounts like real time, hey I'm going to a meeting with Jim. Could you give me could you get me this? So I I am traveling and I remember one night I set up to one o'clock in the morning to get something done for her so she would have it in Which her was meeting. Her job. In her meeting correct so that she would have it for, for Jim.
0: So she wasn't aware of how to do it?
11: No, she to me. This is my Tanique's opinion. She is a contract lawyer. She had she was not an employment lawyer, and then she didn't have any HR experience. So, what makes her uh, qualified to be a VP of HR? How do you a VP your HR with no HR experience and you're a contract lawyer?
0: So she's getting the benefit of having you do the work for her, uh, and then.
11: Yes, I had to coach her through a termination one time. How to do it and what to say.
17: That's so helpful. And, and Tanique, you just you just made um she wasn't qualified, but yet she's in the position of the title, but yet as the only African American female that you are more than qualified, but yet see this is the type of crap in corporate America that needs to stop. And that that just I'm again the more you're talking, the more I'm disgusted with ball metal pack. They should be I, I hope and I pray that they're brought to justice because this is this is sickening.
11: And if she was qualified, she would have said, oh, no, we have to give Tini 21 days based on the law. She gave me one week, her and Colleen, because Jan's not qualified. And here's, I work for Jan, so why is Colleen firing me? Because Jan is a wimp and doesn't know how to do your job. So if you can't do your job, to me, you shouldn't be doing it. And you're a racist. Well, Yes, let's not forget that. Well,
0: the problem you have here is that when cited the law, that the protocol was 21 days. You didn't give Ms. Wright any type of respect for that law, for that protocol, and simply said, you have a week, I don't care what the law says. That's what she said in essence.
11: Yeah, she said, uh, you get one week after I told her what the law was.
0: So, so basically,
11: Blackie, take what I tell you, and deli- that's the way was it is. It's a
0: deliberate violation, a deliberate Uh, I'm bigger, better than you you are inferior to me and what you know is nothing
3: I bet
2: you can say the n-word with the best of them
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have no doubt we're going to take a quick break folks, Uh, we are almost uh, backs against the wall here, against the clock Um, we haven't scratched the surface yet, all involved with the unique right tragedy Ball, Meadow, Pack, Platinum Equity. Make sure you remember those two names. Ball, Meadow, Pack, Platinum Equity. The true stewards of corruption and cruelty. Um, I can guarantee you, if you pull the curtain back, what other victims are laying there and what they've done to Miss Wright and others. We're going to deal with that i going to get some closing remarks here for this first part, one of this series uh, of the Janique Wright tragedy, the story, the act of cruelty and misconduct and abuse of power by Ball Meadow Pack and Platinum Equity running rampant. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a Just Cause with a monthly annual or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a Just Cause today, 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
8: I'm getting mixed messages about women and violence. I need a little clarification. Uncle Bill, how am I supposed to grow up to respect women when I have such lousy role models?
5: Boys are never going to approach you.
13: Can you help me reshape my attitudes towards women?
4: You need to teach them that violence
15: against women is wrong. The United States of America incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact, the U.S. hosts more prison inmates than all other developed nations combined. As of 2010, the world population was over 6.8 billion people, with an estimated 9.8 million in jail. This figure, compiled by the International Center for Prison Studies, refers both to individuals held in jail awaiting trials and inmates serving time after sentencing. There are 9.8 million human beings on planet Earth living inside of cages that we know of. In 2010, the U.S. was home to about 309 million people, 4.5% of the world's total population, but housed 23% of the world's prisoners. So take a moment to think about what this means. It means we imprison more people than enormous autocratic countries like China. We imprison more people than Russia. Compared to the size of our population, our rate of imprisonment dwarfs our closest allies, like the United Kingdom, France, and Canada. As of 2010, there were over 1.6 million post-trial inmates serving sentences in America's state and federal facilities. This number does not include those being detained pretrial or those on probation. The most unique feature of incarceration in America is the large and active role of our federal government. In most countries, crime is reacted to at the local or regional level, whereas the American government finances and legislates a significant portion of law enforcement at the national level. State governments still do their fair share of incarceration, though. California and Texas incarcerate more than other states with over 171,000 inmates each. Florida is a close third with over 103,000 prisoners. But no single state locks up more people than the federal government with over 208,000 inmates. Perhaps the nickname Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, should be updated. Though I suppose you need to be brave to endure the highest likelihood of incarceration the world has ever known. Prisons are not what we think about when we think of America, and they shouldn't have to be. A free nation shouldn't imprison so many people, and a fiscally responsible nation can't afford to. With close to $40 billion a year in state correctional spending, the financial costs are obvious and staggering alone, but the human costs are often underappreciated. 1.6 million fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of American families are incarcerated. It's time for people to realize that the criminal justice system in America is desperately in need of reform.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio Tonight. Done a lot of shows, a lot of topics that were heart wrenching. This stops it for me. The entire AJC radio team that just calls organization is committed in this fight. We lift our voice proudly against Ball Meadow Pack, Platinum Equity, and all those players involved with the tragedy regarding Tanique Wright. To her mother, June, who obviously has suffered duress. She also is a senior citizen. To have to endure such a tragedy as a disgrace. We will not tire, we will not rest day and night to expose the corruption of ball metal pact, to its companies and organizations that do business with them, we too will lift our voice. Do you want to be associated with a company that was almost responsible for killing, causing the tragic death of Tanik Wright, stroke victim as a result of unfair treatment and racism, and gender bias as well? The tears are clear on this show tonight. The pain is clear on this show. So, Nick, you had something that you wanted to say to your to your family. Go ahead.
11: I just wanted to give a shout-out to my mother and my brother, you know, for being there for me during this time. You know, um, I'm 44 years old, and it's quite embarrassing for my mother to be taking care of me. Um, today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. She turned 70 years old. She should be considering uh, retiring, but she never once wavered or complained. Like, oh, I have to help take care of you. She, she never once. She was happy to do that, and I'm grateful that I had uh, her support during this time. Um, I thank my brother for coming over. You know, um, I like a very clean house, and there are times when I can't do it, and he comes over every Friday to help me with housework. He washes my car for me. So I'm just grateful and wanted to say thank you to uh, my family uh, uh, for supporting me during this time.
0: Special thanks to Attorney Bernie Kleiman out of New York that is in this fight as well. To all the players involved here, every member of AJC Radio just calls our social media team very special thank you as we progress and search for justice. Um, Dave, your closing thoughts on this one?
3: Again, you look at this company and it's disgusting to see how they would treat somebody. I mean, you've got this young woman here who was doing a good job for that organization who's a hard worker and you treated her like she was a commodity. You just take her out, put somebody else in no regard for the person, and that's what's lacking in our businesses today. And this is what's make this one makes
0: this one so much worse. Um, the pouncing effect that took place, knowing this woman just had a major stroke. Only alternative to believe is that perhaps. If This story never be told. Perhaps we upset her enough to induce a second one. Do you think that's out of the realm of possibility? Think again.
2: I'm saddened by it. David? Well, it's just another tragedy here in the uh, United States and in corporate America and people in power who feel like they can do whatever they want to do with that power. And it's it's just, I, I you just you get really tired of hearing these things uh, as far as African Americans and the mistreatment of them, uh, economic slavery that they try to put them through in corporate America by paying them much less than their than their white counterparts. It's just a it's just a tragic a tragedy, and, and companies uh, again in, in today's world are starting to be held accountable through the. Uh, uh, ESG uh, initiatives and, and, uh, things of that nature. And there are people that won't invest in companies now who treat their employees like this. If you're engaged in abuse, workplace abuse, discrimination, humiliation, uh, sexual harassment, uh, the whole nine, if you don't have, if you encourage and, and support a culture that engages in these types of activities, it can be very costly for a corporation, and Ball Metal Pack really needs to rethink its position yep. and to change its toxic, nasty culture on how how they treat people, especially African-Americans. And a woman knowing that... Uh, we know how the ranks... The moving up
0: the ranks of the corporate ladder uh, as a woman, uh, as an African-American woman, um, the challenges are there all alone. Uh, Kenick, you were able to work your way... As a, as a matter of good work ethic, uh, integrity, uh, that was able to elevate you to the top of your game. Uh, they say all the time, come with your A-game if you're going to come. I have no doubt, according to what you have shared with us, the integrity that you share, uh, that you have, the A-game was always brought, even to the point of risking your own life. To get to a building because of the duress brought on by this organization, and Colleen Kelly's, Janice Rodriguez, ought to be locked up. This is borderline criminal.
4: It's what it is. When you were told the conditions were bad to travel. You insisted to put the pressure on. And had
0: Miss Wright went against her judgment at times, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. That's true. That's the reality uh, in which we live. Um, is our position again at AJC. I want to, be, I want to thank every caller. So the callers that we didn't get in, uh, this is going to be another series uh, uh, going on. Um, it's going to be going in the next couple of weeks. We're going to continue to discuss this uh, and continue. To Nick, that you want to have some closing remarks here as we close out this show.
9: I just
11: wanted to thank you guys once again for giving me a voice so people can hear from me. You know, it's, they hear one sided, and now they know the truth, and they will continue to hear the truth. And I'm just thankful that you've allowed me to share a bit of my story. Like you said, we've only tipped the iceberg.
0: Oh, absolutely right. And we appreciate appreciative for your courage tonight. In the midst of a very tragic situation, uh, at times, emotions became overwhelming. We salute your courage. Thank you. And uh, AJC Radio supports you. That? For next time, America, next week, join us again. AJC Radio continues to visit the tragic story of Nick Wright. Uh, Remember that name, Janique Wright, and remember these names as well, Colleen Callies, Jan Rodriguez, Ball Metal Pack, and Platinum Equity.
11: Don't forget Jim Peterson, the CEO of Ball Metal Pack. The current
0: CEO of Ball (laughs) Metal Pack, and uh, you'll hear from us, Mr. Peterson, at our time. This is AJC Radio. Good night, America. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Take care.